Alright, well, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you again for joining us on this fine Wednesday. Happy Camel Day. A little bit of a later night chill vibe with We Shall Not Sleep podcast with your host, Michael Crable. No, kind of like a smooth jazz nighttime flow. Uh, not really the, the exact opposite, maybe for some of you. But either way, thank you for tuning into this episode. I have found where I've needed to reschedule some of my things in my personal life where I've just started to record these the same day. Sometimes it's just, uh, it, it just works out sometimes a little bit better. So follow us on any podcasting platform. Shout out to our YouTube channel. If you're having trouble finding us on YouTube, type in We Shall Not Sleep and then my name, Michael Crable. It's K-R-E-B for boy, I-L-L, K-R-E-B-I-L-L, and you will find it. And we are also hosted by SoundCloud and are everywhere that you get your podcasts. Email, contact the show, wsnspodcast at gmail.com. All right, so those of you who know me personally know that I have discovered a passion and a love for the sport of golf. Now, you can't have, you know, love, those type of intimate feelings for something inanimate. But let's put it this way. I just, I really enjoy golf. I've, I've spent a lot less time away from being cooped up in my apartment this summer. I'm tanner than I ever have been in my entire life. And that's because of running, biking, and spending a lot of time on the golf course. And obviously, it's an expensive hobby, depending on what you want to do. But for me, it's been something that God has used to just get me out, give me something else to just get disciplined at. And we all have those interests, right? We have interests that can become idols rather quickly. We have interests that fade over time because we uh, go beyond, you know, we transcend that. I mean, if you were following me probably 15 years ago all around the house, I was playing nothing but video games all the time everywhere. And that didn't change a whole lot uh, in the last decade, but in those last five years, it's changed substantially. Obviously, as, as life changes, uh, your priorities change and, and what you even do uh, changes. And as much as I still like gaming every now and then, I'd rather be outside. I'd rather be reading, I'd rather be outside, I'd rather be exercising, playing golf, spending time with family than sitting in front of the television set. Now, the wintertime is a little more difficult, of course, but uh, at least here in the in the Midwest, but it's just one of those things that it's about perspective, you know, as you grow older. And for many of us in, in this country here in the West, we have the ability to have so many hobbies at our fingertips that we sometimes we just long for a new hobby, something to preoccupy our time, Where whereas, you know, uh, several hundred years ago in this country, that's not really something, or even a hundred years ago in this country, the idea of just leisure activity for that, for leisure's sake, is, is certainly something that is, uh, at least today, I think, take it for granted. And it's kind of what I want to get into tonight, just to, just briefly, is where are we as Christians with our free time? Well, how do we spend our free time? And this is not a guilt trip by, by those. We have been given this. And, and this is what's, what's so strange. We've been given this wonderful opportunity to live in this country here and now. And it's there's this tension, this this dichotomy that exists sometimes between what the world wants to take away from us versus what we believe we should give up, right? We Stuff that um, the world tries to steal from us, tries to, to take from our soul, take our joy, take our, take our values, our virtues. And, and then at the same time, I think we are called as Christians to 
at certain point in our lives, and this is dependent upon where where you and God uh, in your relationship with Him is at, and in the subjective nature sometimes of that of that walk uh, with God, calls you to to give up some things. It calls you to sacrifice certain things, right? Um, and this this I'm gonna tell you, Ecclesiastes is my favorite um, book of the Bible because it's so countercultural. It is elusive when you read it. And you read it through a very immature Christian lens. It is confounding to a point of how is this even in the Bible? But then as you grow a little bit in your faith, you can see such wisdom in it. Um, and it, it, that's, that's for me, it, it's, I don't know. It, when you look at Ecclesiastes 6, for example, let me read, let me read a little bit. If we can go in our scriptures uh, this evening. Let's go. To Ecclesiastes chapter 6. I'm going to read for us tonight from the NASB. Um, and, and this is and this is just, it's so confounding. I'm going to read uh, Ecclesiastes 6 verses 1 through 12. And again, this is either a ghostwriter by Solomon or Solomon himself. Somebody close to Solomon. Who again, this is a guy who anything he wanted, he got. There's nothing he could not get in his life because of the, the reach of of his military strength and his wealth. He had everything at his disposal. And here's how the writer or him himself, you know, declares in verse one, starting at chapter six, verse one, there is an evil which I've seen under the sun and it is prevalent among men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor so that his soul lacks nothing of all that he desires. Yet God has not empowered him to eat from them for a foreigner enjoys them. This is vanity and a severe affliction. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, however many they may be, but his soul is not satisfied with good things, and he does not even have a proper burial, then I say better the miscarriage than he, for it comes in futility and goes into obscurity, and his name is covered in obscurity. It never sees the sun, and it never knows anything. It is better off than he. Even if the other man lives a thousand years twice and does not enjoy good things, do not all go to one place? All a man's labor is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not satisfied. For what advantage does the wise man have over the fool? What advantage does the poor man have knowing how to walk before the living? What the eyes see, what the eyes, excuse me, what the eyes see is better than what the soul desires. This too is fertility and a striving after wind. Verse 10. Whatever exists has already been named, and it is known what man is. For he cannot dispute with him who is stronger than he is. For there are many words which increase futility. What then is the advantage to a man? For who knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few years of his futile life? Futile? Futile? Life. He will spend them like a shadow. For who can tell a man what will be after him under the sun? It's kind of, it's, it's, Speaking at a lot of these things about this wisdom, all the things that we think we understand, all the things that are ours, right? And you, I think we've seen people who are you know, have many blessings and riches, and they're miserable because they're constantly trying to keep it, or guard it, or protect it, or do something with it. And so, other people enjoy the fruit of his labors much more than he does. You know, his family, his friends, for example, absolutely, because they're not the ones under pressure to to keep it. If that's where all of your treasures lie, and Sometimes we work so hard and we enjoy so little. And it's funny, that's what people just, you know, the writer here is like, well, that's just, it's a futile thing. It's, 
it's a vanity and a severe affliction. And I, I think the blessings that we're given, there's been a lot of talk about privilege in our country over the last decade. And again, I, I can't choose where I was born, when I was born, to whom I was born to, right? I cannot do that. However, I can make the most of what I've been given instead of wasting it, instead of uh, being completely selfish with it, being a good steward of my blessings. That's something totally different. Um, and part of that, I, I think, is finding in ways in which you can connect with God. And I think in this country, when we have the ability uh, to do so, we have work, we have our families, all of which that God has given to us as stewards. Uh, populate the earth, raise up children, train up children the way they should go, being able to do all of that but not losing sight of what we're here to do, which is worshiping Yahweh, giving all credit to Yahweh. Part of uh, the deal with the fall of humanity and the sin entering the world is work. It's toiling. It's working the ground, working the labor, and, and, and women going through childbirth. It is, it's painful and it's hard work. And But we're given a Sabbath day, which we often neglect and abuse. And you know, we have we have a five-day working week here for the most of us here. For the most of us, we have some sort of weekend. You know, we, we, we busy our bodies on Saturday to get a lot of stuff done we can't get done during the week. It's maybe the one day we're not given over to sports or something else with our children or our other family, extended family. Might be the only day we can clean or do laundry or do something. And then Sunday, we go to church and then we try to do something for us, which ends up adding a lot more to our plate. Um. And that hobby, what I'm talking about golf, is that not everything has to be done in vain. And the one thing that's important is finding something, I, in my opinion, this is not some sort of self-help wellness type of thing, but what, the one, one thing that I come back to is encouraging people to have solitude. And now, yes, golf is something that you can, that's certainly enjoyed, enjoyable with, with other people. And that, again, it's exercise, something to do outside. It's fun. But for me, it's finding solitude where I can be, one, active, to be outside enjoying nature and spending time with God. And... Prior to that, yes, you could read books. I can do other stuff, but I can I can exercise. But for me, I have found this activity for myself that gets me away from everything. And for for an hour and a half, two hours a week, I'm able to get away from the troubles and just pray, continuously pray for a couple hours. Yeah, I could focus on my game and get upset and. Ask the Lord to take away my temper, even though I have, I have the ability to do it myself, just requires more self-discipline. I believe it's important that we as God's people embrace solitude with God, ultimately. And if we find ourselves looking over everything that we have and we can't enjoy any of it, some perspective, a shift is needed. Now, many of us have hobbies. Many of us have many interests and desires. But what is, what is something that you can do by yourself that gets you away from everything else on a regular basis where you can connect with God? It becomes a spiritual discipline along with fasting, praying, reading scripture, and spending time and meditating on the word of God and his presence, just worshiping him. 
part of that is praying and having nothing else to say, but I give praise to you, Father God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You are worthy to be praised. I am your humble servant. I praise you. So all those praise songs that we sing, what if that was just our prayer? Nothing else. Instead of, Father, help me. So it's all me-centric all the time, right? Something else God has convicted me of. And it has come through this solitude and being able to slow down. And part of what I do every Sunday, I've started doing, is going to this little short course uh, near my apartment complex. And I walk. And instead of riding in a cart, I walk. It forces me to slow down. But sometimes a physical thing is, is needed. If I hit a bad shot, well, it's an incentive not to hit a bad shot over the green. If you know anything about golf, if you don't want to walk over to your ball again versus having a cart. It's forcing to slow down. Forcing yourself to not be focused always on the next thing. But to live in the moment. Praise the Lord above a heavenly host and truly acknowledge that his ways and thoughts are so far above our own and in those moments may you find peace may God bless you and may God keep you